I'm Ross Clennett, and this is the news for the week beginning the 18th of December 2023. According to Seek's most recent employment report, job ad volumes fell 4.3% month-on-month in November. They are now 20.2% lower year-on-year, but 13.6% higher compared to November 2019. Consulting and strategy had the largest national sector fall in November with a 18.7% decline. And on an individual state and sector basis, real estate and property in Victoria recorded the largest individual month-on-month decline with a 14% drop. Applications per job ad continue to grow, rising 2.9% month-on-month in October and are now on par with the October 2019 result. Australia's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate rose from 3.8% in October to 3.9% in November, primarily driven by the participation rate rising to a new high, according to ABS Labor Force data released last Thursday. In November, total employed people increased by 61,500, total unemployed people rose 18,800, while the participation rate climbed 0.2 percentage points to 67.2%. National employment growth equated to an average of 1,209 new jobs created each day, every day of the year for the past 12 months. The Jobs and Skills Australia Internet Vacancy Index reported 259,500 vacancies in November 2023, a 0.3% month-on-month decline and a 6.6% year-on-year decline. Serial con man Luke Hemmings, owner of Coceptive Recruitment and White Fox Recruitment in Canberra, has fled to southeast Queensland and now operates White Fox Recruitment in Southport. Hemmings, also known as, variously, Dean Broadbelt, Harrison Isles, Dean Massillon, Nick Lloyd, or Clay O'Connor, admitted in 2015 to ripping off creditors in hundreds of thousands of unpaid fees and failed ventures. His past dealings have included promoting and selling tickets to bogus music festivals, hiring camera equipment, hotel rooms, limousines and services to small businesses on false work accounts, and luring teens out of school and work with the promise of a dream career before leaving them high and dry. Hemmings, then known as Dean Broadbelt, sent a press release to the national media informing them of his death in 2015 as angry creditors from a music festival he promoted were hounding him for payment. When Hemmings was discovered to be alive, he denied sending the email. In November 2018, Hemmings pled guilty to a charge of using a carriage service to menace, harass and offend after he called a personal trainer known to him at 1.44am in the morning and allegedly said, I want your dick, how big is it, before the victim hung up. Hemmings made further calls to the victim two days later. The charge against Hemmings was dismissed on mental health grounds at a Sydney local court. A July 2023 post on the White Fox Recruitment website states, With nearly four years of blazing a trail in the recruitment industry, a string of accolades and global recognition, it's been an illustrious journey. Luke Hemmings, the wily and pioneering MD, has decided it's time for a new chapter for White Fox Recruitment. From humble beginnings as a one-man operation in 2019, White Fox became a tour de force in Canberra's recruitment scene, bolstering local businesses with an impressive database of over 7,800 top-tier candidates. The Tyler's team worked magic, helping businesses bloom while propelling White Fox to the forefront of the recruitment industry. Its slick operations even earned the gong of Most Efficient Recruitment Agency Asia-Pacific Region at the recent Australian Enterprise Awards. Another post from the White Fox Recruitment website in August states, 
We are elated to announce that White Fox Recruitment has once again demonstrated its unparalleled prowess in the recruitment domain by securing the title of Most Efficient Recruitment Agency Australia and US at the esteemed Corporate America Today Awards. This recognition, closely following our earlier win as Most Efficient Recruitment Agency Asia Pacific, affirms our standing as a trailblazing recruitment firm on an international scale. A search of the Corporate America Today website finds no mention of White Fox recruitment. The Murdoch Media recently ran stories across a number of their local mastheads reporting on Hemming's move to the Gold Coast and the placing into administration of one of the companies behind White Fox recruitment. The 2024 RCSA board officer holders were announced this week. Directly supporting new RCSA President Penny O'Reilly for manpower are New Zealand Vice President Ian McPherson from Enterprise Recruitment and Australia Vice President Natasha Olson-Sito from On Talent. Matthew Sampson from Aspect Personnel is Finance Director and the remaining six director roles have been filled by Tara Staritsky, Switch Education, Catherine Omani from OnQ Recruitment, Jason Elias from Elias Recruitment, Matthew Ostini from Technical Resources, Erin Devlin from People to People and David Stewart from Alliance Australia. The US labour market beat expectations and gained 199,000 non-farm jobs in November, with economists surveyed by Bloomberg expecting a gain of only 185,000 jobs as the national unemployment rate in the United States declined to 3.7% from October's 3.9%. November's increase of 199,000 jobs was also larger than the increase of 150,000 jobs in October based on revised numbers, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. The gain in November is below the average monthly increase of 240,000 new jobs over the prior 12 months. Most new jobs were produced in the healthcare, government, manufacturing and hospitality sectors, further consolidating the continued job sunshine for blue-collar workers amidst the more gloomy conditions for many white-collar occupations, especially those in the tech and consulting sectors. Those without a high school degree saw a 5.7% rise in employment levels this year, well above the national average employment growth rate of 1.1%. Labor market conditions in the U.S. are expected to cool in 2024, with the share of respondents in the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Survey reporting difficulty in finding a job had reached its highest level since March 2021. The Conference Board senior economist said, Looking ahead, we project that job growth will continue slowing and forecast job losses will start in the second quarter of 2024, with the unemployment rate rising to 4.3% by the second half of 2024. Halcyon Knight's co-founders Marcus Lynch and Lincoln Benbow have completed their respective earnout periods after their sale to ASX-listed People In in 2018. Benbow announced respective departures from the group they founded in 2007 in a LinkedIn post last week. At the time of the 2019 acquisition, People In paid Lynch and Benbo $13.5 million cash with a three-year earnout of up to $8.25 million payable in People In ordinary shares over three tranches based on the Halcyon Knights business achieving agreed EBITDA hurdles for the 2020, 2021 and 2022 financial years. At the time of the 2019 sale, Halcyon Knights had 55 staff. The Halcyon Knights website currently lists 59 employees. 
The OECD unemployment rate was broadly stable at an estimated 4.85% in October 2023, compared to September's estimated rate of 4.82%. The rate has remained below 5% since July 2022. Overall, the unemployment rate rose in 14 OECD countries in October, was unchanged in 9 and declined in 10 countries. The number of unemployed persons in the OECD increased to 33.4 million in October, its highest level since 2023. A horticulture provider has been issued a total penalty of $617,916, the highest in Australian history for breaches of labour hire law, following a Labour High Authority prosecution in the Supreme Court of Victoria. AL Star Express Proprietary Limited was found to have knowingly contravened the Labour Hire Licensing Act by repeatedly providing workers without holding a Labour Hire licence. The company supplied the workers through an intermediary to three separate businesses and directly to another business to perform horticulture work in regions including Rosebud, Kuirup, Torquay and Devon Meadows. The court issued penalties for each of the four contraventions of the Act and considered the conduct as a whole to award the significant total penalty. In its judgment, the court noted that the contraventions must be characterised as serious and that the penalty needs to be sufficiently high not to be the price of doing business. Labour Hire Licensing Commissioner Steve Dargavel said the judgment showed the importance of labour hire licensing and the significant potential penalties for non-compliance with the Act. In a bid to foster greater diversity and inclusion, PwC in the UK last week announced a change to its recruitment processes. In a statement, the Big Four firm said it was expanding its talent pool by growing its apprenticeships, school leaver programs, work experience placements and degree partnerships. This strategic shift is aimed at ensuring that students without a university degree have the same access to opportunities as their university-educated counterparts, the firm said. By providing equal opportunities to all, regardless of their educational background, PwC said it wants to set a precedent for other professional services firms in diversity and inclusion. I'm Adele Last and your news is up to date for the week beginning the 18th of December 2023. This is our last podcast for the year and we thank you very much for your support. We will be back on the 9th of January with a special summer series. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or via our website at www.recruitmentnewsaustralia.com.au. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a restful break over summer. And we look forward to you joining us again in 2024. Question of the week this week is, are women in recruitment getting a fair go when it comes to leadership? This was prompted by an article that you found recently, Ross, with some very interesting statistics. Will you share that with us? Sure, Dill. It's from Staffing Industry Analysts, and last week they released Insights on Gender Parity in the US Staffing Industry 2023. And here's what the data says. Women accounted for 36% of staffing firm founders and 40% of CEO positions. Commercial staffing had the highest representation at 37% being women, followed by healthcare staffing where the CEO or MD uh, was 36% of those businesses. 
When the founder of the company was a woman, 84% of CEOs were female. Conversely, only 17% of CEOs were female if the founder of the staffing firm was a man. Now, prompted by that, I decided to do a bit of research. And it was very unscientific, but I looked at uh, sort of 25 kind of largest or close to largest recruitment businesses in Australia. It's not an exact science. And I looked at, was the CEO or managing director a man or a woman? And Adele, I have one very short list and one very long list. Do you think that's good news for women who are listening or not? I'm dying to know. Ross, tell me, what's the short list? The short list, unfortunately, was women who are CEOs or managing directors of large, large large-ish staffing businesses in Australia. So we have Susie McInerney at Six Degrees Executive, Penny O'Reilly at Manpower, Rebecca Hartshorn at Launch, Tamara Riff at Clicks IT Recruitment, Alison Watts at Hoban, and then at Programmed. They actually don't have a country CEO, but they have three CEOs in the business. And one of those CEO health professionals is Jennifer Boulding. So that's the short list. Do you want to hear the long so list? What's the long list, yeah. The long it list, is. okay. So in random order, these recruitment or staffing businesses in Australia have a man as the managing director or CEO. Adeco, Hayes, Michael Page, RGF Staffing, that's the old Chandler McLeod, Talent International, Finite, Ignite, People to People, although People to People have managing directors in each of the states and five of their managing directors are women, including the New Zealand business. Anyway, let's go back to the long list. Hudson, Davidson, Randstad, Sharp and Carter, Drake, People In, Ambition, Wavelength International, Robert Walters, Robert Half, and Workpack all have a man as CEO or Managing Director. What do you think about that, Adele? Shocked or Really not? sad story, Ross. Really sad story today with that news and uh, those statistics. And, you know, I think it is consistent with my own knowledge and experience in the industry. I have only ever worked for one, actually, Alison Watts, you mentioned, and I worked for her for a period at Hoban. She's the only female CEO that I've worked for. What about in your own experience? Uh, I have not worked for a female CEO, nor when I was an employee in any of the four recruitment businesses was a woman a CEO, although I have reported to women at non-CEO roles. So, yeah, our own experiences probably reflect the broader industry. Why do you think this is, Adele? Why aren't more women CEOs or MDs of large or large-ish recruitment agencies or staffing businesses in this country? There's obviously a huge number of factors there, but there's a couple that come to mind when I think about that. It's obviously around family responsibilities and the time that's taken out of your career. If you are taking time for maternity leave or to step away to raise a family or care for family, that idea around uh, the opportunity 
being presented to you as a woman as opposed to sort of chasing it down. I think a passive, you know, taking a passive approach to opportunity is to our own detriment. And the self doubt kind of imposter syndrome I hear a lot of women talk about that in our industry a lot of my female clients will talk to me about that and you know that's something that I think is a huge factor in this as well well there is some good news the RCSA have just elected as their national president Penny O'Reilly and that is the third woman in a row to be elected president of the RCSA so that is good news. And we have Leslie, who's the CEO of APSCO. So from a industry leadership point of view, I think there's certainly some good news. But in my experience, I think the most important thing we can do, besides talk about it and make sure that it's seen as an issue, is that we have to ensure that when a woman decides to have a family, and leaves to have a baby that she's not forgotten about, that there's constant contact, there's uh, training opportunities provided to or offered to her, that she's seen as a potential candidate for leadership roles as they come up, even if she's on maternity leave. I think being much more proactive about women who are on maternity leave to really send a very clear message that they're important, they're valued, and they're wanted back in the business. And that if they want flexibility, then that will be available for them because their skills, their presence, their competencies are wanted and needed inside the business. I think that is critical. And I doubt that's going on. Good point you make there around the flexibility piece because I think it's one thing to be uh, have flexible leave arrangements and do what you're saying in terms of keeping in touch with women and letting them know that they can come back. But I think it's about also understanding how to adapt the business and adjust the business because that's a key factor in your consideration around returning. How will I make this work? Because your life is mm. completely different from that point on. And so how do you go back to just plug back into the old role? And it's that impossible thing to think about. So I think organisations need to address that element as well and ask the question. Don't assume it. Ask the question of what people need uh, and try and be as flexible as you can to retain this top talent. I'm really proud to say that's something that I've done in my leadership roles when I've worked in recruitment. I worked, uh, when I worked at Horner, we had 50% of our workforce as uh, people who were working part-time, mostly women, a few dads in there as well, choosing to work part-time. We made flexible arrangements around it we adapted the business to fit and work uh, around it and we were able to attract some great talent of people who weren't able to go back to their original employer in the industry so some serious change needs to happen can be done but you're right addressing uh, the maternity leave element and more importantly the return to work element of someone coming back into the workforce is really important because um, another piece of data from that research uh, shows that 66% of women in the US, sorry, 66% of employees in the US staffing industry are women. And I suspect it would be a fairly similar percentage in Australia. So it's not just a majority, it's actually a large majority Mm. of the employees in our industry are women. And that makes that 
very short list versus the very long list that I read out earlier, very concerning because that is a massive drop-off in terms of a pipeline of women leaders going all the way to the top. And that's something we do need to change. We do need to sort out and we need to sort out, I think, in the very near future. And there's some further data from that article uh, around why, if you have, if that isn't enough motivation, um, some further data around um, net promoter scores, correct, Ross, around businesses yes. that have female leaders versus male? That's right. And let me read you the stats. So average net pr- promoter score of businesses where there was a female CEO, 83. Average net promoter score of recruitment businesses where the uh, CEO was a man, 47, Mm. 83 to 47. And employee satisfaction, companies headed by women in our our industry, uh, 87% average satisfaction rate in terms of employee ratings, 77% if the staffing company CEO was a man. So they're pretty comprehensive pieces of data in favour of Uh, women CEOs. So hopefully we have uh, prompted some thinking for you around that question. Are women in recruitment getting a fair go when it comes to leadership? Uh, The data and statistics show us that the answer is no, but we would like to challenge our listeners to have a really good think about this and address it. Uh, Reach out to us and contact us if you have a story you'd like to share Uh, negative, I suppose, or positive around your journey in leadership uh, in recruitment as a female. Yes, encourage you to get in touch, contact Adele directly or myself directly via LinkedIn is probably the easiest. And we'd love to hear your story either on or off the record. 